Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to your weekly Sunday special of the Gelsnet podcast, hosted by myself, Craig Gray, in association with Forest Precision Engineering. Uh, this is the Independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans, and all of our content is free. You can get us over at gelsnet.co.uk. Um, where you can see the forum, some articles, um, obviously that's podcast as well, and the history archive, and you can get us over on Twitter as well at Jersnet Online. As I say, um, it's introduced by a f- um, sponsor for Precision Engineering. They're a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company. They've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years, and we're absolutely delighted that we're back on your podcast. You can get them over at forestprecisioneng.com. And you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, a stirring new hospitality area within the historic main stand. For information on how to book this unique and intimate space, please email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Now that that's done, we can speak about the game yesterday and other things with my guest Stuart Weir. Stuart, how are we doing on this Sunday evening? We are doing extremely well, yes. Um, something positive to say about uh, Rangers and the performance yesterday, uh, amongst other things. No, absolutely. I know, Stuart, we were just saying off air um, before we, we came on, you wanted to speak a wee bit about Bobby Charlton. Obviously, sad news yesterday has passing, so um, take it over to you for that one anyway, mate. Yeah, um, you know, the, the Bobby Charlton always had a, a great love of Scotland, um, Scottish football, Scottish players and the likes. Uh, and I think an expression of that came uh, a couple of weeks after the Ibrox disaster when uh, Bobby Charlton uh, gave up his time to come up and play for uh, Scotland eleven against uh, Rangers, uh, Rangers Celtic Select at, uh, at Hamden um, a, a few weeks after the, the, the tragedy that unfolded at Ibrox. Um, it, it, Charlton came up um, when, I mean, Back, back then, it may have been easier for players to release themselves, so to speak, and, and come and play in such uh, occasions or such matches. But the fact that he gave up his time to support the, um, you know, the disaster fund at Hamden, for me, said a lot about the guys standing in football. And I, for one, have never forgotten that. You know, he came up with George Best. Gordon Banks was supposed to come up but get caught up in a, a, a cup replay and it was Peter Bonetti that came up and played in goal for the Scotland side. But uh, I thought that was, uh, you know, maybe maybe Bobby Charlton understood tragedy in football better than anyone given what happened to him um, in Munich in 1958. But um, I, I don't think anybody who watched football at that time would ever forget the impact and the input that he had both for Manchester United uh, and England. One of my great regrets was my first Scotland-England game, 1970. He was due to play and broke his hand in training the day before. So I didn't get to see uh, one of my heroes. And it's, uh, I mean, it, it was an old... Maybe an old tired man who passed away sadly yesterday, but I think anybody who saw him in his pomp, you know, winning the World Cup with England with some crucial goals in the road to the final, winning the league title with Man United the following season, and then winning the European Cup. For me, he was probably the best player in the world at that time, uh, or certainly the one with the, the, that created the, the most impact in games. But all in all, um, a great, great life, a great career. And as I say once again, 
just uh, an appreciation of the fact that he was a man who gave up his time for Rangers when he needed it most. Yeah, absolutely. Great words there, Stuart. I think that does sum up the, the mark of the man there when, you know, it's amazing, I think, when you hear stories about people like this after they've passed and you can tell how well-respected people are when the stories that people are telling are the ones that don't even involve their actual playing career, as, a, as amazing as it was. But I think, you know, in terms of that appreciation that he had just for the sport and, as you say, with his, you know, prior experience and, you know, and, and what happened in, in Munich all those years ago probably is something that, that stayed with him in terms of, you know, trying to, you know, appreciate the, the suffering really that, you know, the victims and their families that I went through. So, no, absolutely brilliant words there and it was definitely a, a sad day for the world of football yesterday um, when that um, happened. But um, now, um, obviously, we'll, we're going to speak about the game yesterday and the new manager. Pretty good start. Kind of got off to a much better start than that. I will caveat that by saying that the last Rangers manager to win 4-0 in the first league game at Ibrox was Pedro Kishina. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> it was also actually against a team that began with H. It was Hamilton Ackes. <laughs> so I don't know if that's good or bad omens. Well, it's obviously bad omens, but you know, I think it'll be a wee bit better than him. Stuart, it was a pretty much a perfect day at the office yesterday. Um, four goals, a clean sheet. Um, the performance, whilst I don't think it was, you know, the best it could be, it, but, you know, it was a lot better than what we've seen previously. So what was your, your overall thoughts on the manager's debut game? Um, it's, it's, it's very early, as you, as you rightly say, you know, Pedro Cascina uh, winning, winning 4-0 at, uh, against Hamilton Ackies. I mean, how long ago does that that feel um let's just say things things started well and then deteriorated uh, but um i think there were a couple of things that um that that impressed me yesterday one it actually cuts a a, a pretty good shape in the technical area he uh, looks like a rangers manager and not somebody who's just come out of uh you mean's car market um, having tried to strike a deal for a 1984 Vauxhall Cavalier with one previous owner um, so I, I think as far as that goes the other thing is I've always had this uh, my mindset has always been that people who have been defenders in football and then go into management are the sort that see things a particular way and you've got two ways of playing the game you either, you either do it their way or you, you're on the, the, the highway out. Um, difficult to gauge yesterday just how good the Rangers' performance was. They played well at times, but they were assisted greatly by a Hibs team that was absolutely rank rotten. Mm. Um, I mean, they've just replaced their manager not so long ago as well. Uh, and I think he's still finding out or, you know, formally introducing himself to some of the players, probably the team busting the way there because they looked as if they, they, they hadn't really, you know, got a script to play off uh, yesterday. But that's, that aside, I thought it was a, a, a good performance by Rangers. The one overriding thing I noted yesterday was that there was a, a half a yard more urgency. The saying that's become, you know, part of the, cro the, the, the course about letting the hand break off. I, I think Rangers at times were running with no breaks at all yesterday because they really decided they were going to 
try and score a few goals. They probably should have scored more, and we'll maybe touch upon that later. But all in all, a very good start. No, definitely. I mean, you kind of mentioned it there, so I may as well just ask anyway, like, what does that tell you about the player? And I know we've went on the course with these players, well, the senior ones anyway, so many times, you know, it seems to be a recurring thing with these guys, but it's like they've had a manager in who clearly, for whatever reason, you know, wasn't clicking right. And then as soon as a new guy comes in, they go out, they put in the best performance of the season, and it's like everything's rosy in the garden again. That, for me, is something that obviously you're happy with the, the game and the performance and whatnot yesterday, but it really angers me when you get a group of players like that who... You know, as soon as a new manager comes in, it's like, oh, well, we're going to do well again. We're going to try and impress him. We want to save our Rangers' careers. He should have been doing this two or three weeks ago when yeah. you know, Michael Beale was under that pressure. No, he still should have left, but, you know, it's like, it's not helped. I think I think you think in football, you know, you could probably write a book on <laughs> the upturn in club's fortunes after one manager has gone and a new guy has come in. Yeah, they do have to impress the, the new manager. But I do think there were players who weren't giving their all, let's say, under Michael Beale. And it was I, I think you could actually write out a, a very long list on that one because I think ultimately... Um, even the more positive players within the squad were starting to show signs of weariness and fatigue at just just basically the, the, the basic instructions and game plans that they were given for tackling certain opponents. I think yesterday, probably, you know, the, um, the, the, the new gaffer has come in and isn't hugely aware of Hibs has got to know the Rangers players over a, a, a brief period of time maybe likes what he's seen with one or two of them and has given them their head to actually go and and, and do their bit and try things and see how it, see what happens I think organisationally they were quite sound defensively and I think he, he, he basically just said right go and, go and enjoy yourselves now will Rangers score four goals every time they go out, no, they won't. Um, there'll be you know some big barriers to cross going forward, but I think ultimately, you know, you have to you have to look at the players, and I, I agree up to a point, Craig, and what you're saying there that some of them might look at themselves and say, "Well, did we give it all for the previous guy?" But ultimately, I think you're also looking at a, a squad who had become drained of enthusiasm under Michael Beale. Mm, I don't think that would have been difficult to get drained uh, of enthusiasm under him, but there you go. I think for me it's it's, it's more the fact that I, I know what happens, you know, a new manager comes in, there's a new manager bounce and whatnot. But for me, these senior players have seen it so many times now. It's not just happened once or even twice. It's three, four, five times now with some of them and it's just just getting really tiring. But you know, try and be positive after yesterday a wee bit anyway. <laughs> yeah, come but, on, come on, G yourself up. <laughs> I can't cheer myself up. I'm going back to what the bit twelve rules. Doesn't everybody? Generally, let's get back with a spring in your step um, after I a, suppose, a win against Hibs. I suppose I might actually get some work done tomorrow. Then in that case, so you never actually know. <laughs> but um, now, nah, one thing that also comes with having a new manager that seems at this club as well as players seem to miraculously come back for injuries. Uh, we had to, uh, Cantwell come back yesterday. 
who by the way I thought was absolutely brilliant for his, his sort of wee cameo. David Mill came on, good to give him a run out after his, you know, pretty poor injury he had against St Johnston. Um the injury situation is something that I wanted to speak about. Obviously Barisic went down yesterday. Um the manager's not got an update on that yet, as expected, probably a bit too early to say. But first things first, um it will mean that on Thursday if Barisic isn't fit, we're likely going to have to play Sterling at left back or maybe Adam Devine because for whatever reason Michael Bill decided not to put in Yilmaz in the European squad. Um, so that decision for me is looking more ridiculous as the days and weeks go on. Um, but the injury situation is something that's that's really, really worrying now and we kind of felt that we maybe got over it in the summer by bringing back Dr. Waller um, and whatnot, but it just seems to have continued and placeboed on. I mean, I know some injuries you can't help, the likes of Danilo's one, you know, that's just an unfortunate accident, but, you know, Barisic's going down with whatever, I don't know what it was that was wrong with him, you know, it's like, it's a recurring theme, again, with these players and the injuries and whatnot, so how much of a concern is that for you moving forward for the rest of this season anyway? Two, two things out of what you've alluded to there. The first thing is, if you're a player at Rangers just now and you've been less than impressive under Michael Beale you do not want to be dragging your heels or sitting in your backside now that you've got a new guy in charge and um, you'll be wanting to impress him you'll also be wanting to show that you're actually fit, ready and ready to go, you don't want to be, you know, a, 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 an 80% guy, because ultimately, I, I honestly think, he, he doesn't look like the sort of guy, or, or people that I've spoken to in Belgium, he's not the kind of guy that hangs about and waits for you, you know, you're either on the bus when it picks away, or you wait for it coming round again, and that, and some players could wait for a while, so hence the reason I think why, you know, can't milk him back. The, the whole thing about injuries in, in, in football, and, and I've seen people writing, you know, different things and, and saying things in social media and the rest. If, if, if you are any kind of age at all, I remember Graham Souness taking on Bayern Munich in the European Cup, as it was then, when Rangers lost 3-1 at Ibrox and took a almost a bit part team to Germany because... And even Graham Souness ahead of that game said that they were they were literally down to the boards. He just didn't have any other players. Now, that was a guy who you know prided himself on producing teams that could perform, not just in terms of their football ability, but also in terms of their, their, their physical stature. And even he was caught out with injuries at times. It happens to, to all managers. If, if you want to go down, you know, go to the Mitchell Library or wherever and, and start reading you know, through um, old match reports, you'll see that Rangers players, like every other club, have been missing at certain times. I think what's compounded the issue with Rangers injuries just now is it's come to players that Rangers desperately need. You know, you've wanted to have the likes of um, you know various players fit and ready because they're your best players. And I, and I think maybe that hindered Michael Beale slightly. Ultimately, I don't think it really mattered that much because I still think there were players there who did come back and prove their fitness and never really got a chance under him. So I think, all in all, you know, um, Monsieur Clément um, is a guy who 
the squad will be out there to try and please and, and again, trying to get him to sit up and take notice of what they're doing in training uh, as well. He's, he's, he's watched, you know, from what you've seen, you've been watching videos and footage of what range of performances have been like. I think he'll be Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it'd be like, you're half expecting, you know, back in the good old days of um, Christopher Lee and Vincent Price, sort of don't watch alone. Maybe that's why he's got his assistant sitting next to him holding his hand in case it's too scary. But, you know, it particularly worried me when he was actually watching the, the, the Rangers video on the flight on the way over. You're thinking, you know, well, you just got up to the front of the plane and asked the pilot to turn around and say, I don't really fancy this. But he's, um, he's arrived and I think, you know, I, I think he's... Most managers, most managers come in and it's a clean sheet of paper. It's an open book. It's what they decide about the players that are there and what the players that are there show them. Uh, and, you know, here's hoping that there's one or two as they pick up performance-wise. It, it won't be that difficult because I do think some of them are just, you know, swinging a leg for the last umpteen months. No, definitely. Um, one guy, anyway, that's um, been performing pretty well this season um, for both managers has been Abdallah Seema. Got another double yesterday. Um, he seemed to have started quite slow. Ibrox had a few critics, but then when he got his first goal against Levy in August, you know, he's kind of just kicked Me being on one. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, me, me, me being I, one. I was one as well. I was one as well. I thought, you know, the guy clearly had, you know, pace, but a bit, a bit raw as well, kind of, a bit like Sakala in a sense, but the guys came on leaps and bounds and it might have just been the case that, you know, he had to get off to a slow start and now he's, you know, going on the, the trajectory that obviously we, we hoped that when he would start. So he's he's definitely been performing and, you know, yesterday was another one. Um, you know, the, the thing that I like about him as well, Stuart, is that the guys, I think that's nine goals he scored this season now. Not only does his number's quite good, but he's actually scoring pretty important and crucial goals. So I'm thinking about the one yes, well, two yesterday, the first one, it's the opener. Scores the opener against Levy in the League Cup, scores against PSV in the Champions League qualified to give us the lead. Um, gets us a goal back against Limassol a couple of weeks ago that, you know, could have sparked a comeback had we not been that bad. Um, you know, gets a second against St Mirren to, you know, tie the game up and basically give us a point. So the guy, the goals that the guys are scoring, it's important ones because you do get some players like that who, they might look good on paper, they might have decent numbers, but then the goals that they're scoring is maybe the fourth and fifth goals and like a four or five now win and you go, well, all right, that's great that you're scoring them, but at the end of the day, how important are those goals to the team? But this guy definitely, he's producing the numbers and in, in big moments as well. I compared him in his first game um, and said the kind of vibe I was getting was was um, the same as I got from uh, Umar Sadiq. <laughs> For anybody who... Uh, um, I think he looked quite lost in his first couple of games. Since then, I think the guy has... He's definitely come out a game, he's scoring goals. I do wonder how much of that is that he has found his feet at Ibrox, he's settled in, but he's also taking a look around him at some of the players that Rangers signed who are, you know, or who are big money, big, big money buys who are getting a chance that I, I don't think he ever played in a position that was comfortable to him mm -hmm. uh, or a, or a, 
not just the position, I think the role that he was having to perform with Michael Beal, I think what we have actually seen is a guy who's basically, for what a better description, decided, I think I'm better than these guys that are around me. I'm going, to, I'm going to still go to play for the team, but ultimately I'm going to play for myself as well. And when he started doing that, he started turning in performances which have brought goals. And I think he's probably going out yesterday with a slap in the, the back or a slap in the shoulder from the, the manager who has said, go and do what you do best. Because I thought he's both finishes. The 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 second the second goal he scored was a was a, a, a striker's finish or a a, 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 you know, a poacher's finish if you like you know close in one half a chance back of the net the first goal was a was a great finish on the run outstripping the defender a diagonal shot into the far corner great goal and I mean how many how many times have we seen strikers you know of an age either hitting the goalkeeper or blazing over the bar. I think the fact that he got it on target and, and put it where he wanted to put it shows there's a guy out there playing with a great deal and a great degree of confidence. That confidence has come because he's scoring goals and and ultimately I think he's trying to um you know he's trying to make his his mark at Rangers. Now whether that's for his time that he's here or whether it's long term whether mm-hmm. an eye to the future and you know who, who can who can say but as it stands just now for a for a non-loan player um he's going to have a fair, fair few goals and mm-hmm. it's one of these ones where you do wonder sometimes will his parent club actually notice what this guy's doing and suddenly decide well we we, we maybe need you more than you need to stay in in glasgow who can tell but he's, he's mm-hmm. certainly playing well just now well, that's a worry, isn't it? Because he is only on loan, and also if you look at the club that he's on loan from, Brighton, um, they're going to be demanding a lot of money in the summer if, if he does continue, you know, his performances. I know he's got a year left in his contract after this summer, but even then, you're still probably talking about north of five million quid. I think easy, but to bring a guy like him in nowadays in terms of the way the pricing structure works, which which kind of supports my my theory whether it's right or wrong is that he's looked around him and saw guys that are that are you know one or two guys that are there mm. and he's seen them and it's like oh he cost x number of pounds he cost five million quid they're not doing it i've got a huge i've got a huge platform here i've got a huge mm. stage i'm watched by fifty thousand people i'm playing in games that i've seen all over europe i'm going to do my bit and 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 if he is playing for himself good luck to him because ultimately rangers will benefit whether he whether he decides, yeah, Rangers uh, is not a bad place to, to to make home, given what you know one or the, one or two of the other players that have arrived have have, uh, have done, then that 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 might be his call. Ultimately, it might be um, his parent club's call if they get a bigger offer or a better offer from somewhere else. But whilst whilst it lasts, you've got to make full use of it. No, definitely. Let's hope that. You know, in the time that he is here, whether it's limited or otherwise, that he definitely continues those performances. One player I wanted to mention there, just when you said sort of playing for themselves, I immediately thought about Nico Raskin because it's great that he got his first goal yesterday for Rangers. Great finish. You know, he's starting to, you know, prop up his performances with numbers now. And assist against St Mirren a couple of weeks ago, goal yesterday. 
Um, but he's kind of been in a wee bit of a controversial position with fans the last week or so because of comments that he's made in the media. He said that a couple of times now where, you know, in layman's terms, he's basically said that he's wanting to use Rangers as a stepping stone to the Premier League. And a lot of people are annoyed at that, firstly, because they're saying that his performances this season haven't been good enough, which I wouldn't disagree with. But then again, who has actually played well this season, really, when you, you look at it? And also as well, I don't actually think he's been the worst performer out of the players that have been playing badly, but that doesn't mean that he's been playing well either. He's kind of been in between. But for me, really, it's not something that I've got a problem with because the guy's being honest about what his ambitions are and his goals are. You know, and it's beneficial for him to play well at Rangers as well. You know, if he doesn't play well at Rangers, he's not going to get picked up by a Premier League team. It's quite, you know, it's quite simple. And I just think maybe, maybe some people have been a wee bit harsh on him. I think this whole phrase that's been bandied about a lot is the times of do your talking in the park. You know, people say that as if Raskin's like going on Twitter or Instagram or whatever and just coming out with us like off the cuff. He's no, he's doing a sit down interview with somebody. Somebody's asked him the question and he's answered it honestly. So, you know, would you rather players come out and lie to the media and the press and all that? I know a lot of people would, because for whatever weird reason, human beings seem to like liars a lot more than they like people that, that tell the truth. Um, but for me, I think some of the criticism from that level anyway, in terms of his comments, have been a wee bit harsh. can understand it, but I think it's a wee bit harsh. What's your take on that situation? Um, would people be upset if he said, I've got my target set to go and play in Saudi Arabia? Mm. You know, listen, I think anybody who thinks that there's players coming up from England to basically carve out a career at Rangers where they get a testimonial at the end of it are kidding themselves on. You know, those days, those days are long gone. They're even long gone, you know, dare I, dare I say it, um, and how he's, he's held up and uh, you know, and and putting a pedestal, um, and the lights. You, you know, you, you you look at um a, a certain young man who is currently in the midfield for Scotland, going via Brighton and and Chelsea, Billy Gilmore, and there's people still saying, yeah, he's one of our own. He's this. Couldn't wait to get away from Rangers. Why? Because Chelsea's a much bigger draw than, than Rangers. And if you think that, you know, people are going to hang about in in in, in you know Scotland to carve out a career when they could go down south and you know, whether they play for a club for you know five years or five months, they'll get a move somewhere else because ultimately you want to be playing in England because it's a higher level, a much bigger standard. The whole thing about Rangers playing in Europe, that might be great for, for for some. The whole thing about Rangers maybe winning, you know, the odd trophy here and there, that might be great for some as well. But the fact that the fact of the matter is, I think if you honestly asked any player in Western Europe, would you like a chance in the English Premier League, they would say yes. So the fact that he's come out and said it means that he's actually that's where his thoughts are. However, to get there, he'll have to turn in some performances for Rangers first, which which might be, be no bad thing. But the the, the thoughts of uh, Rangers or any other Scottish club holding on to their best talent if an English club, um, you know, come calling that that 
trainer that plane rumbled out of town years and years ago people will go where they want they'll make the most money but also where they'll where it'll be most lucrative for them career-wise as well mm-hmm. no absolutely it's just it's one of those things that's modern football and like you said even a guy like billy gilmore rangers fan growing up if it can happen to the likes of him nathan patterson even kieran tierney with celtic as soon as these clubs down south become interested the decision also in a, in a way is kind of taken out of your hands as well you know when a, the club's being offered x amount of money the club are saying that the player will you'll you personally drive you down to england to get that transfer fee the the thing with rangers is uh did i say it they've got history where somebody's agent changed overnight and they found themselves in doing the m60 sign for a club maybe they didn't even want to go and sign for all because rangers were made the the the, the you know, an, an offer was made to Rangers that they couldn't understand. So let's not kid ourselves. It works. It's a, it's a two-way street on this one. It works for the club at times. It doesn't work on other occasions. But you know, ultimately, yeah. And you're right. What you're saying there, Craig. The decision could be taken out of the the players' hands and the club's hands simply because somebody, um, you know, somebody somewhere wants a a player or wants a talent. Mm-hmm. Last comment about the game yesterday, Cyril Dessler's obviously scored the fourth goal um, When his name got announced after it, he got the biggest cheer that I've heard at Ibrox that day um, well, Apart from when Clermont was introduced to the fans It was such a 180, can, you know, if you compare it to the Aberdeen game a few weeks ago Where he was being booed off um, when he got subbed um, after that game And the guy next to me at the match turned around and just went, his Rangers career's finished after that you know, substitution against Aberdeen. You know, he, he comes back and, you know, I know people have questioned his ability. I have at times as well. One thing that I do like about him is he does seem to try, he does seem to care, which is a lot more that can be said when you compare him to other players at the squad as well. Maybe it's just a case of he's no good enough, but, you know, he's came back, he scored a good goal yesterday. He was unlucky to not get another couple, obviously the one where um, Seema scored, he he probably should have scored for that as well, but it was a good ball into Cantwell. Should we finish? Um, he's also worked with Philip Clement before in Belgium, and Clement seemed to be someone who could get the best out of him. So, you know, for me, we'll kind of need to stick with him. He cost a lot of money, um, but you never know, Stuart. This new manager might might be the making of him. He might, the, 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 uh, Philip Clement might be actually speaking to him in a language. He understands in terms of having a maybe a, a slightly more European philosophy in terms of how the football is being played and able to communicate uh, communicate that better than somebody who speaks in how can I put it guttural terms. Um, you know, I think um, I think I, I think he's the kind of guy. Man management wise is 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 pretty good. Um going by one or two of the people I've spoken to. I think he he sees much bigger pictures in terms of keeping the squad happy by talking to the squad and telling them what they're doing he's doing or what they, he expects from them rather than only being based on performances or as we've seen in the last six months based on you following the controlling command of the manager and don't deviate from that 
hence you end up with your team disappearing up a cul-de-sac, unable to come back out again. So very early days for a lot of players. Um, they need big performances because if you're a, a new manager coming in or you're a new a, a new gaffer or boss coming into any business, be it a football team or be it a, 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 a car garage, you're going to be looking at guys and saying, right, so what have you done up until now? If, mm-hmm. if you are if you are being absolute rank average, I need more than that. So these guys are having to look to themselves as well what they're, what they're doing. Again, no bad thing given what the performance levels, um, you know, sort of vanished to you know in in, in, in recent times. I, I think I think he's finished. There was an element of luck to it. Well, uh, um, good fortune, let's say. I think he knew what he was trying to do. The fact that David Marshall, uh, the Hibs keeper, if you actually look at it, actually wrong-foots himself about three times. Um, and Raskin's goal as well. Listen, I've seen a cheap wardrobe go down quicker than than Marshall did for that goal. His positioning was absolutely abysmal um, where he was. It was almost like flat you know, and he's on his goal line to take a shot from 25 yards. So um, you, you take those opportunities when they come, but uh, we'll wait and see what comes in the next, you know, three, four, five games, whether that, as I, as I highlighted right at the outset, that half yard of urgency becomes a full yard of urgency under the new manager rather than just something that they're trying to impress. Aye, uh, David Marshall's uh, a weird one. I think the worst thing that probably could have happened to him was saving that penalty against Serbia because he's been absolutely dross since then. Um, so, I mean, long may it continue for him and Hibs. I mean, they're a club that I show absolutely no regards to, so pretty glad that that's, he's fell off a cliff like that. Um, but in terms of the manager, Stuart, um, I don't actually know if you've been on since, come on, it's been around, so I know I haven't, so I've not really had my chance to, to speak on him. I was just going to ask you about your overall thoughts on the appointment. Obviously, you can kind of, I mean, I don't know if your opinion would have changed after yesterday. I doubt it anyway. Um, but, you know, what's your sort of thoughts on on where he is? You know, the other candidates as well. I know Muscat was, you know, the other candidate that was involved. Do you think we've made the right appointment in terms of A2? Is there anyone else you would have went with? What's your, your whole thoughts on how that situation's ended up? Um, I think... I think there has to be an understanding, or there, there now is an understanding among Rangers fans that are no longer shopping at Fortnum and Masons. They're basically looking up the middle aisle of Liddell to see what they can find. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, I think it was as good as what there, you know, as what there was out there. He certainly, he, he certainly got a, a degree or two more success than one or two candidates that were. Um, that were coming up. I have to say on this one, and given given how the, these things, I know how these things work. There are certain agents out there who I, I, I take. If I was wearing a a, a hat, um, probably a bowler hat, I would I would certainly wave it in the air for you because you were outstanding on the pitches you made to certain people within uh, management at uh, at Rangers or indeed. The, the Scottish media to get your man 
to the front of the queue and there was a couple that appeared in dispatches mm-hmm. who have, have not been you know mentioned for a managerial job in about seven years managed to make it you know um he's the next he's now the next big name to emerge for the vacant rangers job really i think rangers yeah. cut it back very very quickly to to three four candidates it scared me greatly um not only the the thought of it but also listening to some people making the pitch for the likes of frank lampard you know you've got to understand this and this and he did this no he absolutely bombed at chelsea he then bombed at everton and then you know detonated yet another bomb under chelsea where he was there he, he he hasn't showed anything you know, and it's like people try to say, oh, he was at big clubs at Everton and um, and Chelsea. Not under the microscope that you, you're under in, in Glasgow or the, the spotlight that you're under in Glasgow. So I think all in all, I think there were one or two names were jettisoned from the list very early on. And it was it was down to two um, sort of, if you like, genuine contenders. Um, I, personally, I was a bit disappointed controversially that they didn't make a decision quicker because I would have, I'd have quite like to have seen what um, Reno Gattuso would have done at, uh, at, at Rangers um, and I know there's people out there going oh you know listen he's managed AC Milan who's the last Rangers player to manage AC Milan right I'll rest my case with that one you know it's it's like I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Rangers being able to shop in a, mm-hmm. in a better place but I think ultimately they've probably got somebody who ticks a lot of boxes and and again I think Rangers will tick one or two boxes for him as well no definitely I mean the middle aisle a little might not be Fortman Masons but you can definitely pick up some good bargains there yeah listen I went in, I went in for pasta sauce and, and the other day they came out with a MIG welder so don't uh, don't knock it. No, definitely a few bargains in there. Um, just in the comments there, completely forgot actually that the Rangers women's team beat Celtic in the old firm uh, today 2-1, so well done to them. Um, it was good to see Fran Alonso have a meltdown at the end of that again. Uh, the guys get previous for that, so kind of a perfect weekend all round. So, so well done to the women for, for winning that game and managing to go uh, top of the league. Stuart, something that um, has came about, well, the managerial appointment or might come about of it is this whole chat about director of football. Um, I think it's something that the club probably will bring in, especially because if you look at on, like you mentioned earlier, he's got that European pedigree. It does seem to be the European model to bring in a director of football. Um, for me personally, I'm kind of neither for or against it. I think it works sometimes and it doesn't work at other times. But, you know, I think... We're looking at it now from a point of view where we gave control of the whole football department to Michael Beale in the summer and clearly it's bombed completely. Um, so fans are rightly saying, well, we don't want to be in a situation like that where we give you know, one person that total control. But then again, the caveat that I would have with that is, well, you kind of are still doing it with the director of football. It's just that the control is in someone else's hands now, not just the manager. And the whole thing about a director of football bringing continuity as well there is an argument for that, but director of footballs like managers can also be pinched away to other clubs as well. So just because they're overseeing an operation doesn't mean that they're going to be there for years. So for me, it's something that can work, but it's not a guaranteed success. What's your thoughts on that? 
Um, I, I've spoken to a great many people about this, both in the UK and abroad. And in in the in, in Europe, it's accepted. Uh, in the UK, it's still held with a bit of suspicion, let's say. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the first argument you would have is, who comes in first? Do you bring in a coach or manager and then employ the director of football who can take his lead off what the manager wants, or do you bring in the director of football who's basically lining up the players for the manager? It's mm-hmm. kind of horse and cart or chicken and egg. As long as you don't end up with a, a chicken and cart scenario, you should be okay. Um, I think as well, so so we're talking about a director of football at Rangers. Stop me when you, stop me when you get wind of what I'm explaining here. Uh, 1998, Dick Advocat, a couple of years later, Paul Le Guin, a couple of years after that, uh, Pedro Cascina, now you've got a new guy coming in. Each and every one of them had an opportunity to say, we need, I'm not coming in unless we got a director of football. Especially going back as far back as Advocat, who mm-hmm. would have worked under one when he was at, 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 at PSV, as would, you know, McGuinn when he was at, at Lyon. So these guys had the opportunity to make that move. So in effect, if you like to, 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 to wind the clock back, Rangers are probably 25 years too late in employing somebody like this. They could have had this somebody in place. I'm not saying for the whole 25 years, but they could at least have had the concept at Ibrox long before now. Um, I think I, I think uh, Philippe Clement will be will will just take it as something that that if it hasn't happened, then it will happen. And he has become you know that's a kind of background that he belongs to or that he will have worked under. But um, I think again. If Rangers bring in a director of football who comes up with some of the signings, um, how can I put it, that have arrived of late, there will be a steward's inquiry almost immediately. Is this the road that you really want to go down? And I think yeah, I, I think you really are judged very, very quickly on your talent spotting and also your negotiation skills. Um, I've always thought, I've never really had an issue with it, I think the whole role of, a, of a, a manager has changed so much in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years um, where the, you had a manager leaving tickets for people at the front door to make sure they get... I mean, it, it's utterly bonkers now, but I think that appointment of a director of football will be just as important um, as the appointment of the, the most recent manager. Yeah, it's something that when it does happen, I do... I'm of the belief that it will happen eventually. Yeah, as you say, it's going to need to be the right appointment. Um, we do have another game on Thursday. Obviously, the game's come thick and fast for the new manager, just the way that I'm sure um, he'd like it to be. Sparta Prague away in the Europa League on Thursday. All I'm saying is the last time we played Sparta Prague in match day three in the Europa League, we did get to the final that season. So there's absolutely no uh, pressure under um, 
been given to these. No sign, no sign of any any straws being clutched at there either. Um, no, well, <laughs> I, I thought I'd, I thought I'd get a wee bit of balance to it because I done the sort of negative one earlier um, when it came to Kashina and his first game. So now I thought I'd just put a positive one on for the for the game in Thursday. So the people that wanted me to have a moan can say that I done that earlier, and the people that. And want me to be a happy clapper can say that I've done that as well. So I please see we did there. I'm glad um, be getting games under his belt just so he can see the the fabric and the nature of the players that he's got at his, his disposal at his disposal rather than walking through so many training scenarios. I think it might be a period where he learns by his mistakes, or his players might learn by their mistakes. And and I think that'd be a that's maybe a better situation to be in than trying to plan Saturday to Saturday and maybe, you know, maybe muddying the water and, and, and confusing too many people at the one time. I think if you're just winding the players up and sending them out there to perform, that might be an easier fix just now and then getting into the coaching in between the games. Aye. I mean it's gotta be a tough game in Thursday, I mean when you look at the group, I suppose on paper, you would probably have expected Betts to finish first and then it would be between us and Sparta for that second place, kind of similar as to what it was a couple of years ago. And I mean, they are a decent enough team, you know, they went to Betts and they put in a decent performance. I think they only lost by a goal, they scored a couple as well. Um, they obviously beat Limassol as well, something that we couldn't do. So um, it is going to be a tough game. I mean, the thing that's kind of annoyed me is the fact that, you know, we undone that great Betts result on match day one with that performance and result against Lamissa on match day two. And it's basically just crossed it off. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, on paper, you would have probably expected to lose the Betts game, but you win the Aris game. So they've basically just happened in reverse order. So we're kind of back at square one when it comes to that in the group. So for me... Another good thing, sorry, the other good thing, yeah. Craig, is that, that the, the, the group is basically down to four matches. Mm-hmm. You know that, that that for that for me is a one big positive you have to take from it. Yeah. That even though there's a game lost, everybody's level level pegging. It's almost like you start the group again. But this time you've only got you've, this time you've only got four games to play. So mm-hmm. I think I think you know you're, you're right in what you're you're, you're, you're saying. Yeah. I was being slightly flippant there with your your um, your predictions. You know I I, I think again. If if Rangers if Rangers turn in any anything like yesterday's performance, and I mean anything like yesterday's performance, they'll be in with a chance of winning the game because they did play well at times. I know I'm I'm being slightly you know doubtful about how how good that Hibs side were. In fact, I'm not being doubtful; they were absolutely rotten. Um, but you know, I think if they turn in that kind of performance, and again, if they keep it if they keep it tight at the back. And do their, you know, do do your job. Then I think they 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 might actually get a result out of it. Um, and and just now, given the way the group is, away points are no even 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 take an away a, a, an away win, but even away points could be really really yeah. vital just now. I I mean you'd never you know not back an away drawing Europe to be honest. I mean for me these next two games are kind of. I know you've said before, but I think these two are going to be the most critical. Um, critical. What am I saying? Critical in terms of uh, 
How was that? How was that? How was that thesaurus that you got in the middle of it? That little. I just make up your own words, son. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, gee, Jesus Christ, man! I know you can, you can tell it's a Sunday, can't you? Only eleven hours. Only eleven hours before you start work as well now. Oh God, I need to. I'll need to start um getting the the mental TikToks back and just be a wee bit more on the ball but um now nah, i mean as i say but it will be a tough game but you know i think if we can get four points for the next two games you'd absolutely take that you need to look at the head-to-head as well because of the way that they change the groups and it's not so much on um you know like just goal difference now if you get the head-to-head result like we did against sparta again a couple of years ago then we should be all right but um, hopefully things can go well in Thursday in the manager's second game um, but I think we'll probably just wrap up there before I start to use any more words for the Thesaurus <laughs> and Lidl um, <laughs> from the Craig Ray vocabulary out this Christmas <laughs> aye uh, now nah, I need to start going back to Tesco's won't I start to get the club card prices sinking in all these supermarkets are going to be delighted <laughs> with the, the free publicity they're getting after us tonight Jay, just as Jay in general as well Cole Jay Walker, Walker just uh, sorry Jay Walker just came up here critical <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was I well quote a few weeks ago it was it was get that was doing the rounds now it's Tesco's and Aldi and Lidl. I mean God but we might need to start off our own wee Gelsnet supermarket and hopefully hopefully, and, hopefully we'll get our friends and family discount for Frankie. Just in just to reply there, somebody suggested that Graham Soonis will you know be director of football. Graham Soonis will not be director of football. Uh no, I can't see that happening either. Um yeah. he I is just, a he's a he he is he, he's of a different generation and he is it would be a, the, the the biggest widest square peg you could find battering it into the smallest roundest hole for him to 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 take up any kind of position or any kind of role so I don't see that one happening anytime soon uh, I mean t- to be fair as soon as as well he's trying to swim the English Channel, doing like his best David Williams impression in the next few months. Well, I doubt it'll be the next few months because it'll be in the middle of winter. And, he's already uh, done it. He's already done it. Oh, has he? Oh, well, yeah. I'll tell you something. That's mightily impressive for a guy at his age. I mean, it was, I can't it, even imagine crossing the English Channel on a boat, never mind swimming it. He did a mask and snorkel that he got a little. Also, <laughs> a, an injury, outboard injury on, a tied on it as uh, well. So that's why he did it. No, he did it. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> oh, there's the shameless plugs again. Right, we'll need to we'll wrap up there, guys. We've, we've taken up too much of your, your Sunday time on the on Dale Supermarket Suite. But um, no, thanks very much, guys, for, for tuning in. As always, it's been brilliant. Obviously, we're live on YouTube just now. Um, tomorrow at some point, it'll be on all your usual podcast providers, such as Spotify as well. If you have just tuned in as well on YouTube, um, in the last few months, you can always rewind back to the start as well, um, where you can see where the middle aisle of Lidl chat actually originated <laughs> from as well. Um, but all that's left to do now um, is thank my guest, Stuart. Thanks for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. I have enjoyed my time with you again. Uh, it's been brilliant, mate. Um, so, again, thanks very much um, to the audience at home for listening. We'll be back on Friday um, with a preview of um, the Hearts game next Sunday and to review, hopefully, a good result in Europe on Thursday for Rangers. See you later, guys. Bye for now.